What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trusted information is out there. The trouble is finding it fast. Introducing a reimagined Factiva. Now you can use Factiva's targeted search and spend less time sifting through results. A mobile-first, multi-platform experience that fits your work style, whenever and wherever. Get the facts you need fast from Factiva.com trends. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now, 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible, affordable, relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are great. Each razor has stainless steel blades, an aloe vera lubricating strip, and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop-up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised.
welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. We're going to be talking about the Ruger tonight, so I had to throw a toss to my boy Sam and Dean. Anyway, <laughs> welcome into juxtaposition, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rick Robinson. He's Ordy Packard. We are live right here on KLR Radio. And Rooster, I promise at some point I will go back in and look up the second part of our fixed intro. I cannot for the life of me remember the name of that song, and he asked me last night, and I promised him I was going to go look, and today's just been one of those days I hadn't gotten there yet. <sighs> but anyway, um, so yeah, we are live, and we're going to be talking about cryptids again tonight, So, um, and and actually, it, it, it happened by accident, because I, I honestly found this one last night. So I came up with this idea when Ordy and I were finalizing the pitch today, I was like, well, why don't we open with a couple of regional ones, because I found this one, and I really want to talk about it, but I don't think there's enough there to fill an entire half of the show, so we've come up with an idea where we're going to talk about a couple of lesser-known regional cryptids, and then a couple of big ones, so um, we're going to be talking about something that I just heard about the other day, because it, it actually is making the news around here again, something called the Oklahoma Octopus, and then... The other one is Tahoe Tessie is the other other regional one from his area. And then we're going to be talking about the Rougarou and the Thunderbird. Because, you know, there's no shortage of cryptids. I, didn't, I honestly didn't realize how many cryptids there were until I started poking around two weeks ago. And I, I found a cryptid wiki, which I didn't know was a thing. I, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, it, for a few of the things we did, there's some excellent wikis for what we do. And that just tracks. The thing that is annoying, though, is that if you look away for a second, then all of a sudden all the pop-ups for, like, Twilight Wiki and Hunger Games Wiki is like, fuck the hell off. I just – give me my weird shit. What was funny is you were talking about, you know, especially with Sam and Dean and Supernatural and the Ruguru, that one of the occup- one of the hazards of researching for the show is when you stumble upon something – that Hollywood has just rubbed itself all over and finding good information on the Rougarou that didn't reference the goddamn supernatural episode. That was the real challenge of the show tonight. Why do you, why do you think I had to throw the uh, toss to my boy, Sam and Dean? I, <laughs> I know, but that's what I, and that's why I was just like, Holy sh-. Yeah, I know there's, I didn't even get to that episode before I gave up on the show. You gave up on the show? Come on, man. I, you, 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 just 15 seasons is so fucking daunting, dude. It's uh, just like, you know what? That's longer than my second marriage. Honestly, you only really need to pay attention to like the first seven because that was the Bible. And after that, it just kind of went, <laughs> what the okay. fuck? We're going to do whatever. We're still making money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, so when I get through my queue, I'll go back to it. Yeah, I, I think it's honestly the first, it's, it's either five, six, or seven seasons is basically um, Kripke's Bible for it. And then after that, they were like, people are still watching, let's keep going. And then they just kind of started doing whatever. I mean, I, I watched the so game by Jag. The is anybody still watching? Well, you know, old people. <laughs> How's your hip doing? You okay? Oh, dude, don't, don't even get me started because. I started because, you know, NCIS was the JAG spinoff, and then NCIS kind of became its own thing because there was, like, NCIS blah, 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 and NCIS yada, yada. One of the ones I kind of used to like to watch because, you know, it had younger people on it was NCIS Los Angeles. 
So I hadn't been watching it for a while, because, you know, the world's been crazy. So I turned it on today, and the first episode of this past season got me hooked, because it started talking about um, Callan's past, and kind of made him, you know, real-life Jason Bourne in the NCIS universe for about a half an episode. So I was really starting to, if this is the storyline they're going to take this year, I'm really out of this season, I may actually finish watching it. The very next episode... Some dude gets beat to the beat down in the parking lot, and they haven't even looked at the scene yet. They haven't done anything. All of a sudden, they're talking about how it's a hate crime because it was an because it was an Asian American. So I, I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'll, I'll watch the next one. Very next fucking episode. Five minutes in, there is a crooked army general who is a right wing extremist trying to buy illegal weapons. I was like, yep, that's it. I'm done. Y'all, y'all, no. <laughs> I'm out. NCIS, no longer on my watch list. None of them. I'm done. Bastards. Anyway, sorry. I had to go there because I didn't know the shit out of me today. <laughs> you feel better now? You got that off your chest? Maybe a little. Okay. But anyway. It sounded very cathartic. Yeah, you know, it's kind of what we do. <laughs> Not usually on no. this show, but it's kind of what we do. <laughs> But okay, so so you threw this one at me, and it was one that I had never actually heard of. It, you know, I get it, yeah, local thing, but actually fascinating story. Let's let's get right into it because that is this one's fun. I like it, so, especially you know. Well, you know, the thing that annoys me about this one is most of them have like really cool names like Rougarou or you know even like campy names like Tahoe Tahoe Tessie. My folks, no, we'll just call it the fucking Oklahoma Octopus because we don't know what the hell it's called. But anyway, so um, and the weirdest thing about this story is this thing apparently only inhabits man-made lakes, so it really starting to sound like an Indian curse. <laughs> well, and also because I mean the Indian the the local tribes do have. Um, a mythology around a similar type item, not the one that you know the the Oklahoma octopus, but they have one that it's part of their mythology is a leech-like creature with tentacles that exist that would pull people into ponds and lakes. That's similar to the Oklahoma octopus. So yeah, if you're going to take the okay, so that's the you know, we'll call the the leech-like thing with the tentacles, we'll call that Oklahoma's water Wendigo. You know, it, but um, I, if I were to put a curse on the white man for get, making lakes and that was in my head, I'd totally do this. I mean, so, so first of all, this, this is actually a, 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 myth, a myth around a cephalopod. So it's, it's basically, a, it's a freshwater octopus, which is not actually supposed to be a thing as far as I know. I can't find any reference to one, which is the first They're thing. Really, they, they've found them upstream, but it's kind of like, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of like when great whites go into the rivers around Long Island and Jersey. Um, not like the, the Ganges River sharks that is a shark, a shark saltwater shark that has acclimated itself to freshwater over generations. This one, I mean, a lot of these lakes are only like 50 years old, 70 years old, so they wouldn't really have had time to acclimate like the sharks have. Yeah, no, so and so that's the first weird thing. So just to kind of give you an overview of what this thing is supposed to be like, it's supposed to have very thick leathery, leathery Leather, leathery skin. Why can I not say leathery today? Um, it's red in color, 
it is it is an octopus, so it has eight it, it, eight tentacles, and it is roughly believed to be the size the the main body, not counting the tentacles, is roughly believed to be the size of a Clydesdale. This thing is rumored to be the culprit behind a lot of unexplained drownings in the two major man-made lakes in Oklahoma, which are Tenkiller and Thunderbird. Which, I mean, these two, these two lakes, you know, from what the research I did, too, they have an extra, I mean, granted, they are heavily used lakes, you know, um, but they per, they have a very high body count relative to most of the other bodies of water in the area. You know, the natural lakes and everything else, too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for the region, those are these are the two most prominent lakes for people to be drowning in so that, that that's another thing that kind of makes this story track a little more than it probably should but so i mean so yeah i mean there's not there's there's not a lot to this one but it's a very interesting story because i mean it has crept into the news there was a lost tapes episode about it there's been a few things that have cropped up and it's even made the local news a couple times where people have sworn that they've seen it um i have been to thunderbird a lot i've never seen it but it's not like I was really looking for it either, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, one of the theories behind this, and this one is actually kind of plausible to me. I don't know if it's just to me because I do. Yeah, I out west where we're at, you know, we're we have giant. I mean, like unbelievably large aquifers, which is weird because we're you know we're mostly in drought conditions. But the great, there used to be a giant lake in what Utah has now condensed to, and it's the Great Basin. So all that water basically went underground. So one of the theories for... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These man-made lakes is that um, during the flooding, it allowed access to some aquifers that are in the area too. And because Oklahoma used to be an inland sea at the bottom of what was an inland sea, um, that this did give the octopus octopi a chance to acclimate to fresh water as they were existing in the aquifers for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years and just waiting to come back to the surface. But that it, that's where the plausibility ends because then these would basically be albino because nothing who li- lives underground has a pigment. So the fact that, you know, they do have the reddish brown anyway, but that's it. You know, it kind of, when I was reading it and they're just like, well, you know, it doesn't make sense how they would get there. I said, wait a tick. So. So, and the funny thing is going back to me really starting to think this may be some sort of, you know, native American curse on the white man. There actually are legends of four different species of octopus that supposedly live in the man-made lakes in Oklahoma that are all native American legend. So, I, I just, I, I still, I still kind of feel like this is, you know, one part of my ancestry trying to openly attack the other. <laughs> sure. Just, uh, it's like the war between the North and South equator <laughs> <laughs> or something. The, 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 okay. This was really though. I mean, it's a fun read. It's and like you said, there isn't a lot on it. There isn't a lot of meat to it, but it, it is a fun read. And I really love the names of your lakes around there. Lake Ten Killer, Lake Thunderbird, Lake Ulaga. Well, I mean, Lake Ulaga is actually named after a, a sure. I think it's actually named after a tribe or something. But anyway, sure. I mean, so but I mean, uh, but just the you know the the they're fun, Ten Killer. That's fun, especially to have such a high body count in it, and you know a legend of a. Uh, Octopus. Well, Ten Killer is actually the, the English translation of an uh, Indian chief's name from around here. So, but, You know, just suck all the fun out of it, right? <laughs> it's what I do, man. It's what I do. But, and no, I mean, honestly, most of our lake names and town names are tied to Native American stuff in one way or the other. I mean, Lake Thunderbird is specifically named after one of the other things we're going to be talking about tonight. So, yeah. So. For my area, this one was you know kind of kitschy, but it, it's it's fun because it seems like every major popular lake needs to have a Nessie, <laughs> which is kind of what this is. Well, yeah, I, and you know it's um so th- this one is Tessie in Lake Tahoe. Now Lake Tahoe is, if you don't know, it is an extraordinarily deep lake, an extraordinarily cold lake. It also, because it straddles the state line, is policed by the Coast Guard. So a lot of people don't know that, too. That's kind of fun. But the whole area, that whole Truckee Tahoe corridor, um, where the Transcontinental Railroad went through, and it's a very mysterious place. And it just this rock where Tessie is supposed to hang out under, um, there are so many myths and legends about it. I mean, there's an Arthurian kind of mist, but it's more of a squaw than it. it, it it's it very 
Cave Rock, it's an old volcanic vent. And at one point when the lake was higher, it would have been submerged. Now, there's belief that it's also a more intricate cave system, and that's where Tessie lives in. And um, it's – they're not entirely credible sightings, but as long as – I mean, even predating um, white man moving into the area, there are Native American beliefs around it too that there was a lake creature. Well, and the funny thing is, you know, after reading the description of Tahoe Tessie, it kind of reminds me of, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but it, it dawned on me earlier that it reminds me of something that I'd seen in, oh, The Water Horse, that's what it was. The description of the yeah. creature reminds me a lot of the the creature from that, I think it was actually originally a book and then became a movie, but for a while it was one of my daughter's favorite movies. So she used to watch it all the time and just kind of reading through the description, I was like, Oh, it's a water horse in Tahoe. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah. So the description is to be thirty to sixty foot long. You know, it's um, the the it, it it didn't swim like a snake. That's side to side. It was more like an up and down motion, and was you know, one of the uh, one of the sightings was it was going after a school of trout, and um, it. Then there was another report, three fishermen and who are off-duty uh, police officers in the 50s, and there's been divers in the cave, and um, two divers reported finding an underwater cave under Cave Rock, and uh, a creature shot out, leaving the silt stirred where it had been, and two large fin prints. It just, there's a lot of a lot of stories about it, too. So going back, going back to this, you know, going after a school of trout thing, I don't think you, I don't think you did this story justice to the folks that are hanging out in the chat. So let me give you a visual. This thing was going after the school of trout like a fat man at a Chinese buffet. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I actually read through that part and the dude was like, "This thing was just going. It was just chasing down these trout. We we're watching it go. Ah. Yeah, I didn't know, but yeah, it was. I don't know that that." The idea that there are so many weird, unexplained things that we still, I mean, in this day and age, to think these kind of things are still, you know, haven't been explained yet, that just kind of kind of gives you something to think about, really. See, now there's a local legend, too, and it, it hasn't been able to be confirmed, that um, in the 70s, Jacques Cousteau was touring about Lake Tahoe and he apparently encountered something so horrible that he claimed the world was not ready for it and subsequently refused to release any of his data or underwater footage about it. Uh, even though there's no credibility or source to lend it, uh, to lend to it, it is known that he was in the area at the time and Lake Tahoe, it used to be, I mean, there's no such thing as a bottomless lake, but it used to be believed that, it was much, much deeper than it is. They they hadn't found the bottom. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, that's what everybody talked about is, you know, it's still the bottomless Lake Tahoe. I re- yeah, I, re- I remember when I was kind of 
in that region more, more often and everybody's talked about all the weirdness around that lake. So another thing that, that I thought was interesting, and I think you may have touched on this a little bit, but I want to kind of ba- kind of back up for a second. One, of, and, and this goes back to the whole thing of credibility. One of the original sightings for this thing was from the 1950s. Two off-duty police officers were out on the lake, and they reported seeing a large black hump rise from the water. And after they saw it rising from the water, it kept pace with their boat. And at the time, they were roughly running 60 miles an hour. Um, and, and again, you know, Granted, it's fifties cops, but you know they're 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 they, they still have a, they still had a lot of the same training then that they have yeah. now. So very observant, not prone to making shit up. I mean, you know it's the fifties, so who knows how much they were drinking on said boat? But just saying. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things that gives you because okay, whenever you're talking about Champ or Nessie or Tessie or you know any of the you know. The famous lake monsters is that where this has a little bit of credibility that the others don't is that if you go to the Great Basin National Monument, um, there is a heavy fossil presence of plesiosaurs, ichthyosaurs, and mosasaurs and the like. So for one to have found its way into Tahoe, and Tahoe is a pretty, pretty goddamn big lake, too. Um, I no, because it was carved out a couple ice ages ago, but still it's, there's a lot of fossil record in the area that lends to credibility. Once again, of these giant aquifers I talk about where the lake went to, um, and all that's left of the lake is salt lakes, but yes, that's what I had there. Sorry. I lost my, I lost my train of thought. And, Tahoe is just the whole area from Virginia City and all around. It is just the mo- the the area has more history in just a small, tight little area between ghosts and Bigfoot and Tessie and every. It, it is just such a rich area for whatever your imagination wants to take you to. And it is, if you've never been to the Lake Tahoe, Reno area, I highly recommend it. It is just a smorgasbord of whatever you want, whatever you're into. Dinosaur hunting, ghost stories, ghost towns, railroads, hookers, gambling, (laughs) whatever you want. Another little interesting aside about the the Tessie story, or yeah, the, the Tessie story that I thought was interesting. Um, is is how just weird we are as human beings because you know there's this story of a giant lake serpent in Tahoe basically, and it's now been cartoon uh, cartoon serialized and made into company logos and there's children's books with Tessie. Yeah, was, human nature is just weird. Yeah, I mean, and and that's it too. You know, it's the same thing. You know, you you run into the same thing at Lake Champlain. You run into the same thing. At Loch Ness, and you know, it's like okay. But here's what's funny is that okay, while those other places do have their own destination draws, Tahoe, it it's one of those things that it doesn't need it. So you wonder why it was invented if it's not real. You know? Yeah. It's like they didn't need, they didn't need to invent it. It, it. There's plenty going on in the area in and of itself. 
So this is true. It, it gives the stories a little bit of credibility. Plus, like I said, is everything there is a Native American um, legend around it too. So Ooh, more Native American curses against the white man. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a theme tonight. I'm just telling you, seems seems to be kind of where we are right now. <laughs> We're gonna. You take our land, we infest your waters with mythical creatures that will eat your ass. They just eat you dead. And nobody will ever find you. <laughs> See, and that's not even getting into the military aspect of the area, too. I mean, it's Lake Tahoe was just a civil defense mine. I mean, it just you, every cave, everything, any, anywhere that you can make a bunker to put a cache of weapons in. Civil defense would just shoehorn whatever they could fit into it up there. So what if Tahoe Tessie's America's Godzilla? Ooh, it's close enough. Well, yeah, you know what? No, it's, I mean, it's right along Highway 80. It's, you can get from the north end of it, you know, from the Tonopah range and, uh, you know, where they have Top Gun now. Or not Tonopah, um, bleh, Fallon. So, yeah, okay, I'm with you. <laughs> just just keep on. just keeping it cold and just keeping the uh, kaiju down there in the bottom of the bottomless lake until needed. Pretty, I mean, you know, you never know. Yeah. yeah, I like this regional cryptid thing. We got to do this more often. Oh, dude, I found like I'll send you the wiki. I found them because there's a ton. No, I don't. I sent links from that wiki too for the. But yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize they were from the same one. But yeah, there's like, I mean, there's not a lot, but there's at least one for each state, which I thought was kind of cool. Which that is kind of cool. I was like, well, there's reasonable regional cryptids, but yeah, that's actually when I found the Oklahoma octopus was when I got the idea for the Ruguru because I was like, oh yeah, I like the Ruguru. It's like, it's like a, it's, it's like a French Bayou werewolf. <laughs> Yeah, you know when when Jeff was doing Lost Wanderer, he did. Um, he, he was talking about a module of his that um, werewolves, wherever lycanthropes were a heavy theme part of it, and then he mentioned Jux because he knew we were doing cryptids. And I said, "That's the weirdest thing. We're doing the crossover thing like we used to do on Friday nights, where you, where Jeff, Al, and us would somehow be all on the same topic unintentionally. It's like we didn't." talk with each other oh tonight we're doing this but all of our shows carried that central theme through them so we're doing that again yeah the the funny part about that is when people when uh, i would talk to people about that afterwards they were they would never believe me that it happened by accident they were like you guys map that shit out right i'm like no yeah (laughs) we never we're not that good i mean we're we're, we're not that We don't we are, really, but we don't even really talk to each other before we start doing our show prep unless we're they're actually gonna be part of that specific show. They're like, so that kept happening by accident? And I'm like, Yeah. They're like, Holy and, and you know, it'd be I mean we would make sure we were that each other was having a show tonight so we would do all the cross promotion. But yeah, no, that was all accidental. And it, it, the weirdest thing about it is was the the amount of time that it would ha- that it would actually happen when we were all doing shows on the same night and all of a sudden even like you know like weird shows like this one you know Al would somehow be talking about something that would tie into what we talked about and he'd recorded that show like days before and didn't even know what we were talking yeah. about <laughs> right. like, <laughs> yeah it's like he he'd mentioned MK Ultra 
Jeff had mentioned MK Ultra, you know, on his end the crease for you know some other unrelated thing, and then we would be doing a whole show on MK Ultra, and yeah, none of us actually talked about any of that shit together. God, Wiki, your sidebar is so annoying. Stop it. Um, go to break. Come back with our two mains. Yeah, I was gonna say we've already hit that point, so we might as well take a break and we'll come back. You want to do Thunderbird or Ruguru first? Let's do Ruguru first because we've teased the hell out of that. All right, cool. Kind of good plan since we're going to break with some more Sam and Dean. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, I recorded it. I figure I might as well use it while I can without somebody yelling at me for it. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq, Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Extend lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. 
Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop-up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Don't you cry.
kind of partial to Jim and guitar riffs, so it's kind of like you picking those parts of the song out. Welcome back in. This is Juxtaposition. We are in Cryptids Volume 2. Uh, we've talked about the regional stuff, um, well, the, the lesser-known regional stuff. Now we're going to get into some of the bigger-known cryptids, um, one of which I thought was interesting because I haven't really done much research on it, which was the Thunderbird. The other one that I thought was interesting because I've researched the hell out of the Rougarou. I've always, I don't know, I've had this weird fascination with werewolf-like creatures ever since I was a kid. I don't know. But Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm trying to think. It's, okay, growing up in the woods, and even in modern society, you still have that, you know, at least people of our age who were told to, you know, get go get out of the house. You're 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 driving me nuts. Go drink from the garden hose and play. Come back at sunset. The other end of that would be, if you don't come back by sunset, then the werewolves will get you. So, and that seems to be universal. You know, we've talked about this when we did the Halloween special about lycanthropes and werebeasts. Um, it, it um. It's a universal theme. It's a global theme where every culture had some version of a werewolf or shapeshifter that was generally used to frighten children into coming home at sunset. And the Rougarou is just that beast for the areas of Louisiana. Well, actually, pretty predominantly, this this one is Louisiana. Um, and it's an interesting twist on the werewolf idea because depending on who you talk to down there, this thing is everything from some sort of uh, restless, angry Native American shifting spirit to half man, half wolf to full on werewolf, and it just kind of depends on who you talk to. Um, it's also been loosely termed Louisiana's Bigfoot because, yeah, I just the whole the whole the whole thing is weird because it depends on who you talk to as to to what the the Rougarou actually is. Um, the most common description of Rougarou is a tall, lanky human body with a wolf-looking head, which is creepy. See, which is creepy. <laughs> see now th this is actually, I mean, th this came from the old world, in that when French explorers came to, you know, settled in, uh, you know, up in Quebec and down in Louisiana, they brought the 16th century version of the were the French werewolf with them, you know the loop guru. So, and I'm sure I just made Jess's head explode with my piss poor French pronunciation. But um, anyway, so the story came with them, and it is very traditional European folklore, French folklore for the their particular type of werewolf. And as you said, it, it's evolved in the area, um, and it became you. Know, Louisiana's Bigfoot, basically through the French Cajun, you know, the Cajun French in Louisiana, you know, the swamp dwellers mostly. So, <clears throat> but you know, back in the day, you know, when the settlers first came in, we, if, the interesting thing, you know, to man is a strange beast where it often um, blames its woes. It finds some scapegoat for it, and residents of Louisiana would they would find some someone who just wasn't acting right, or like if they found some stranger wandering out in the swamp or in the woods, they would bring him in and um, list the charges against them 
and they would often do this with like you know local wolves dog you know dog you know species too and have the town vote on if they were a loop guru or not and generally if they were then they would kill them so and almost universally the town folk would go oh yeah totally i mean he turned me into a newt oh you know i i never actually researched the and this is going to be hard for me to admit but i've never actually researched the french legends of the werewolf so now i understand how Lucaru eventually became Rougarou. Because, yeah, yeah French Cajun. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I always, when I was researching that earlier today, I was like, I wonder where that name third. I mean, I knew it had something to do with the French Cajun because that just sounds French Cajun, but I didn't, I never connected the dots till you said something. I just. See, now, one of, the, one of the interesting things with the uh, Rougarou versus the medieval European version of it is that, um, you would get the curse to become one just by staring into the eyes of one, kind of like a Medusa thing. You know, instead of turning into stone, you would become a Rougarou too. Well, that's kind of passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would suck. See, and in the myth, you would have the curse for 101 days. And if you killed in that 101 days, I'd give you three moon cycles, then you would stay one. But if you were if you were able to avoid it, then the curse would be lifted. It's actually really fascinating the the, the lore around this one is very deep compared to your average werewolf lycanthrope story. Well, yeah, you're, were, you're usually were beast. You know, it, it's pretty cut and dry. This one, there's all kinds of layers to the curse. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, and you're right, this, the standard were curses versus the the Lugaru, there's a lot more in-depth stuff. But the funny thing is, as, you know, these things have become more mainstream, Hollywood is, as you like to say, rub themselves all over it. The, the, two, the, the two more... Well, the richer culture is becoming part of the less rich culture because one of the things that I noticed about one of the shows I've been watching uh, more recently, Vampire Diaries and all of its spinoffs, was it's kind of similar to the to what you had just mentioned. People that were born with the werewolf gene didn't actually ever become a werewolf until they committed their first murder. So it's just kind so, of, okay. It's just kind of interesting how the the more these things have become uh, come around, become a thing, and the more they become mainstream, the the more the kind of the the cultures are mixing because that's never really been a part of the actual you know the the, the regular like Americanized werewolf lore before. But and I but I didn't realize it was part of the French lore, so that explains where that came from. Mm-hmm. So. I just thought that was interesting. And the, the Native Americans in the area, well, we're going back with the Native Americans, um, the, in the area, they would, this, the Wendigo made it as far south there, too. They believed in a Wendigo type, which we've covered in the past. Um, th- their version of the Rougarou is more the classic Wendigo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, if you're not sure what a Wendigo is, go find Classic Charmed. You'll get all filled in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, goddamn, they did one on Haven. They did one, yeah. Oh, I forgot about the one on Haven. That was a good one. But, yeah, is 
that's another one that when we were researching, you really had to pull Hollywood. It was, I mean, fortunately, there was more than just the Hollywood versions. That it was easier to find, but still, yeah. And Jeff, you're right. Yeah, in, in the crease, in an episode of Wendigo too. So. Yeah, the funny thing is, I think that was about the same time we did that. I think that was right. Yeah, that's yeah. another one that. It was another unintentional cross pollination. <laughs> yeah, we were really good at that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I just the, the the I mean, and we've said this before, and this is a bit of an aside. But you know, talking about the the bastardization of these things by Hollywood, the hardest shows that we've ever done to try to get around that were when we devoted like an entire October to possession and shit. Right. I was like, God, there's so much of that here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it does happen, especially in these kind of topics, though, because let's face it, we are fascinated by the things, the, the things that we can't explain. I think that's why we are so drawn to space exploration and everything else, because we're just convinced that there has to be other stuff out there. But it's the same thing with this stuff, because the, these, these myths, they still are around today. With as technologically as advanced as we are, and as much as we swear that we have covered pretty much every square inch of actual soil on this planet, there are still things that we're discovering today. And there's there are things that actually are starting to lead themselves or lend themselves credence back to some of the, the things that we knew from the past that we thought were explained away. And it's just that's that, I think that's another reason why things like this are still so prevalent because there's just still so many things that we can't understand. Which is kind of an interesting tie-in to the next bit we were going to be talking about, which is Thunderbirds. Before, um, hey, before, before we jump there, one of the interesting things, and this was uh, one of the most interesting things about the, the myth of the Ruguru, is that it seems to have taken a little bit of cross-pollination from European vampires, well, at least with their anal retentiveness, in that... Um, to keep to keep one out of your house, the Ruguru, that is, uh, put 13 small objects on your doorway. And apparently when they become the beast, they lose the ability to count past 12. And they will sit there and count to 12, be flummoxed by the 13th one, and have to start over again. And will continue doing that until sunrise when they have to flee. <laughs> oh, so... It's it it's it. I'm trying to think of a polite way to put this. <laughs> so it it has OCD and and um and I, I, oh they no, it, it just when they become the beast they become autistic. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like OCD and autism are wrapped in one. Yeah. Like, I'm fixated on this, but I can't get past a certain point, and I can't stop until I get to that point. So yeah, it's like it's like a and then they, it's yeah, like and they just get caught in the loop. And I found that because one of the th- one of the ways to get around a medieval European vampire would be to throw a bunch of seeds down, and it would have to count this or grains of rice. It would have to count them. That just seems weird. <laughs> So, so anyway, so so basically, what we're saying is medieval creatures were autistic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, autistic vampires. So <laughs> interesting. You know, maybe going back because they didn't actually understand autism. Yeah, and it's one of the things. 
medieval Europeans were just so fucking the Dark Ages were just so dumb. I mean, just all the super. I mean, you know, it makes for great stories today. But when you look back at it, it's like who are those yokels? It's like no, that. I mean, that that's just the level of horrors that they would inflict on other people that they didn't understand. You know, like you know, birth defects, dwarfism, autism, and it just be like, well, they're obviously cursed. So you know, it's like, okay, or he's going to make a Stargate SG one reference. The Dark Ages weren't called the Dark Ages because they were dark. <laughs> Dark Ages were called the Dark Ages because they were fucking terrible. Right. I mean, that's just... Anyway. So, okay. So, getting into the last one of the night. And this one has always fascinated me because, one, I'm in the Southwest. But in I didn't realize that this is nationwide. Every American tribe, to one extent or another, has a legend of the Thunderbird. And I mean, from the Algonquins all the way down to the Hopi, and I mean, it, it's really big in the Southwest. But one of the things that, while reading about it, I was thinking about it, is that I think it goes even farther. I think it was even goes down into Mesoamerica with the Aztec god Quetzalcoatl. I can see that. Because I mean, aside from Quetzalcoatl being a winged serpent, because there is no uniformly agreed upon look of the Thunderbird. Um, and it shares a lot of the same traits, too. Hello? Oh, sorry. I think I lost you there for a second. You said it shared some of the same okay. traits? Yeah, it, said it shares some of the same traits, and that's why I think that it, uh, you know, it, it may have actually moved with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Been present in Central American um, tribe mythology as well. I can see that. Yeah. So the story of the Thunderbird, it's the legend of the Thunderbird is that two young men wanted to know what caused the thunder. And that is when they encountered what they've learned, come to call the, the, the Thunderbird. It was a large bird-like creature, though some descriptions make it more... Okay, again, from tribe to tribe, some of them are very like American bald eagle with a 30-foot wingspan, kind of like the eagles from The Hobbit, which, why didn't they just fly the eagles to mortar? Or the... Um, a pterodactyl. But either way, it, it, uh, you know, almost universally, it had a 30-foot wingspan. And um, when taking flight, would cause thunder. Hence the name Thunderbird. Yeah, so it would flap its wings to the point where it would generate thunder. There actually are even some 
uh, references to when it flapped its wings and caused thunder that in certain instances some of the tribes believed lightning would come out of the bird's eyes as well, which I thought was kind of cool. Kind of, yeah. And along with it, too, is that another universal, well, I mean, not every tribe, but like from region to region, the lightning would be to keep another race of reptile-like beings from the underworld whenever they tried to pop up around a lightning strike was from the Thunderbird to put them back, to keep them back, to scare them back underground. Well, that's not tying together two of our topics. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's very common in that the, um, the underworld is ruled by a serpent and the our world is protected by the Thunderbird. I could I could see that. So, but just just a bit of an aside. It's interesting that you know Native American legends have reptile-like people living in the center of the earth. Just because you know we've talked about that before. <laughs> so. You can't talk about Thunderbirds without talking about the 1977 Lawndale, Illinois Thunderbird attack. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You have to. So in in Lawndale, Illinois, in 1977, there was reportedly a a young boy around 10 years old named Marlon Lowe was playing outside and was suddenly attacked by two large birds – one of them picked him up and carried him over 30 feet away before uh, Ruth Lowe, his mother, ran to her son's rescue, chasing the birds away. And it was several eyewitnesses had seen the attack, and the birds were described as having white rings around their necks and a four and a half foot body, with each wing approximately four feet long. So that would be a 12 foot wingspan. Six-inch hooked bill and three front claws, one back claw. It this sounds like a very large vulture. Kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. But, but and you know, a lot of a lot of people have you know, it, with the Thunderbird legend. Um, people wonder if it may also be Andean condors who have made their way that far north before they went all extinct on us and shit. But. Um, extinct-ish. They're still around. Endangered. I was going to say, they're not extinct yet. They're endangered, but they're not extinct yet. But, yeah, I mean, well, some of of the little, you know, lesser known, uh, well, some of the more, um, I guess, civilized explanations of the Thunderbirds, um, there are cryptozoologists that believe Thunderbirds may be modern-day uh, teratons. However, this is unlikely since no flying bird bigger than an albatross actually has been discovered in recent times. Um, they're believed to possibly be pterosaurs. Um, but that also seems kind of far-fetched as pterosaurs, according to science, has been long extinct since the uh, late Cretaceous area, or era. Um... But you do have that photo, which I mean, some people say is faked, and it could be because. But it does look like a pterosaur. The 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 Tombstone Arizona photo. In fact, let me bring that up real quick. I mean, it 
the the two things is like you know, people say, oh yeah, I remember seeing that in the, in the Tombstone newspaper. Well, the Tombstone newspaper didn't have the ability to print photos at the time in 1890, but there is a legend of six men who shot one out of the sky and they all posed for this photo. Later, one of the men who says he shot at it, but um, they never actually downed the – and I can't bring up the photo. Uh, I can't link the photo in chat. Um, they didn't down it. They they shot at it. But this was in um, 1890 in Tombstone, Arizona. Everybody knows what they actually shot was a weather balloon. I'm just saying. All right. No, that was – Yes. Sorry, I had to be done. Oh, okay. I, I, I read Al's second post before the first one, and he said they're all over around here. And I'm like, Thunderbirds? No, he's talking about cranes. <laughs> so. Wait, wait, there are Thunderbirds in Michigan? I was just around there not too long ago. I should have come and seen. Anyway. <laughs> but every year there's dozens, if not hundreds, of sightings of extraordinarily large birds in the United States and Canada. I mean, there, there really are. And it, 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 again, you know, in this world of modern technology and us believing that, you know, we've conquered everything, the fact that stories like this remain prevalent and have not been satisfactorily explained, it, it kind of, I don't know, with as crazy as everything else has been lately, the fact that we still don't know the answers to everything, even though we seem to think we do, honestly gives me a bit of comfort. I know that may seem weird, but it, it honestly kind of does. Well, I mean, when you think of it, you know, is all the population of the world could fit in Manhattan if forced to. Uh, there wouldn't be a lot of just so that gives you an idea that you could jam all the people into that space. Much of as populated as the world is, there's still and the. I mean, you really experience when you go for like out where I live, and you know, it basically in the west and the southwest, you get on like Highway Six, you can go for hours without seeing another car. Eighty is the loneliest highway in America, and it there are still wild, wild places. Yeah, no. I, there you go. Thanks, Jeff. See, that looks very pterodactyly. Is pterodactyly a word? You know what? I just it, it the fact to, that I made a verb out of it. Yes, it is, is now a word. It is tonight, damn it! Whether it was before or not, it is now. All right. Well, believe it or not, we've hit the hour mark. What else you got? Um, you know what? I, reading this tombstone article, I'm, it's I'm going to have to find out what the Van Meter Visitor is because. They said it actually looks a lot like the Van Meter Visitor. So now I have to find out what that is. On the next juxtaposition, or one in the future. <laughs> I was going to say, probably one in the future. Um, honestly, I was going to talk to you about that. Um, I I don't know when I'll have it pieced together enough to, to try to actually make it into an episode. Uh, but And this may be one that gets dangerously close to violating our rules. But I've kind of been doing some research on the side about all the weird shit that's coming out about our government, and I've made some very disturbing discoveries. You know, because everybody, you know, now the shadow government's really becoming a thing because everybody's kind of figuring out that the people that we think are in charge probably aren't. I've kind of figured out this may have started around the time of the Civil War. 
Ooh, are we getting like golden triangle forward kind of thingy? Kind of, sort of. So yeah, I mean. It, okay, no, I'm down with that. No, I, I mean let, let let's walk that up. Because I was thinking we need to uh, revisit MK Ultra, so I I'm down with that. But I yeah, like your idea. So, let's do it. I mean, I don't think I'll be able to get it done in two weeks, so we still need to figure out what we're going to talk about two weeks from now. But uh, maybe the uh, the show after, I should have enough dots connected to start digging into this one because um, I'm still putting a couple pieces together on it. But yeah, it, it's it's kind of creepy when you start looking at things that started happening around the Civil War versus you know all the 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 inside stuff regarding you know the Lincoln assassination and then all the way up the JFK was supposed to make this big announcement right before they popped him. And yeah, there's just a lot of little dots that I've been connecting that I think may either, either get me shot or make people say, "Hmm." (laughs) not sure which one, I guess we'll find out. Anyway, JC and chat says the van meter visitor is a, uh, it's an old Iowa story. So when we do cryptids, uh, We'll have to make that one of our regional ones. Yeah, we'll definitely have to look into that. All right, right. my friend. It has been a long day, and I actually woke up like an hour before showtime because I passed passed out in my chair. So I think I'm fixing to go back to bed. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny because we had had our research put together, but we hadn't shared it with each other yet. And uh, you had sent me a couple links via text. I said, just put it on Discord, you weirdo. And... um, then I didn't hear from you, and I dumped that. But yeah, then we all kind of because it's funny because when we were talking about what we were going to talk about, we all found the same links anyway. So yeah, I started dropping mine, and then all of a sudden, your, all yours showed up, and I was like, "Well, shit, he's dropping everything I was going to drop." So I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But anyway, all right, we're going to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for Juxtaposition Live right here on this Saturday night on KLRM Radio. Um, I will be back. Tuesday night. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to be doing a special edition of the Rick Robinson Show on Tuesday night or Thursday night. I haven't figured that out yet, depending on what my guests want to do. But I will be back uh, Thursday evening to kick things off with the uh, whatever show with myself and Stacy, and then I'll be pushing buttons for Brad and Aggie one way or the other. And I think Ordy's good till Wednesday, based on current schedule. Unless yeah. I'm confused. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Wednesday and Thursday with uh, Brad on uh, Culture Shift. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Woohoo! And can't find him anywhere else but Discord right now because he can't stop talking about banging people's moms behind convenience stores. <laughs> Who knows your mom jokes for Frost Pump in this particular <laughs> establishment? Jesus. I swear, you can't even make jokes anymore without people getting You really them. can't. <laughs> you really can't. So... Uh, All right, ladies and gents, we are officially out. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night, and thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com live the Chumba life no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details